0: Uh, What a great weekend, man. It's been fun. And the graduation, anyone been to a graduation party yet this weekend? Yeah. And uh, I've certainly enjoyed that. And if you take little Tupperware bowls in your coat, you can just (laughs) don't have to eat. Like, you don't have to cook for a week after a weekend like this. You just make to a lot of parties. But we are in a series uh, called At the Junction. And it's uh, Pastor Jeff the last three weekends. And I'm going to take it for a couple more. Because we're talking about those moments in your life when you make a decision and how those decisions affect you, uh, maybe for the rest of your life. It's true. I grew up in a place with an interesting name, especially in light of this series, called Grand Junction. It's in Colorado, Western Slope. Anybody been there? And uh, it was a wonderful place to grow up. But when I found out why it was named Grand Junction, I found it interesting that it's the merger of two rivers, the Colorado and the Gunnison River, And they started referring, uh, people who were coming through, started referring to it as the Grand Junction of the rivers. And that just stuck. We'll meet you at the Grand Junction. And so I just thought, it's interesting in our lives how sometimes we, it's like like two rivers. We have have two things going on and we have to make a decision if we're going to become one. Are we going to really focus and do what God has put in our hearts to do? And what does that cost? What does it take? Like an example, a question. How many decisions do you think you make in a day? 2,000? I would love if someone would just add them up and let me know. Because, <laughs> I mean, literally, it's like getting out of bed now or in 10 seconds. Or how many of you hit the snooze button today? See, that was a decision. You, you decided and, and, and where to sit, where to go, where to park, even come in here today. How many, someone got your chair. You know, I mean, it's it just, you had to decide where else you're going to go. It, it's a challenge. We we make probably thousands of decisions every single day. I, I did learn something yesterday. I learned how to ruin a wonderful Saturday. You want to know how? Garage sale. <laughs> how many of you understand what I'm talking about here? This... This is a tactic from the enemy <laughs> to discourage. I, I we, Bonnie, I, we haven't done a garage sale for years, and our kids are gone out of the house now, and we have these beds when they were little, and we have all this. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. This is the attic. It's a basement. We said, let's just. So our whole neighborhood, they do the ads, and it's thousands of people that come through there. I mean, it's like a traffic jam in there, and we've seen it every year, but we've never. So we said, let's just throw some big furniture out there that we want to get rid of and, and make sure we get rid of it, because I'll tell you what, I made a vow if it was going to the driveway it was not coming back in our house okay you understand this you go to all that work i'm telling you and we made a whopping 83 dollars <laughs> yeah. but i got to tell you what happened cuz this is about you decide okay? i'm talking about this today you decide we we had some stuff out there a bed i don't know one of the one of the things probably i don't know maybe worth a couple hundred bucks you know if we bought it new we had a 40 dollar price tag on it and 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 the first group of people, the first round, like the early birds, you know, like they're there like before you're out of bed, you know, they're, they're waiting, you know, waiting for the garage door to go up, you know, it's bizarre. It's a culture. It's like a whole culture. And so, so anyway, that whole group was kind of, kind of done. And, and they had looked at this and it, it didn't even get it really any offers. And I said, told Bonnie, cut the price in half. Just let's just mark it out and put 20 under there. And then, you know, so then we had, by about 10.30, it's like, okay, well, let's just make it free. If we, and we, I'm not moving this back in. I saw this couple pull up, husband and wife, and uh, they had this full-size pickup, and there was nothing in the back. And I told our daughter Erica, this is my chance right here. I'm taking it. I've decided. So he gets out of the car, his wife, and we had this little table and chairs, and I said, this would be great somewhere in your house. I said, Today, I'm just going to give you this. And Brent, my son-in-law, we're going to load that in your truck for you, so you don't even have to lift it. Come on, Brent. We put that in his truck. uh, This dresser will go somewhere. Brent, let's get this dresser, because we're going to give it. He's just standing there looking at me. His wife says, I don't know if that will fit. I said, oh, you'll find a place for it. I know you will. (laughs) I cleared out my driveway and put it in the back of his truck. I just thank God for that. And he drove off and I said, thank you, Jesus. I have decided. I have decided. I got got rid of it. When you look at all the hours of work you put into a garage sale and you look at all the money you make, it's at least 50 cents an hour that you have have made. Anyway, I I say all that to say we come to to places in our lives where we, we change, the reality changes. And and we make decisions based on what's happened in our past. That's what's happening to the people of Israel. They've come up to this place where they're going to go into the land of Canaan. It's called the promised land. If you're not familiar with Bible history and the people of Israel, God took them on a journey away from Egyptian slavery. It's a fascinating story. They get to the place where they can go into the promised land. And they send in 12 spies to to check out the land. And they, it's interesting what they find. Let me read it. Numbers 13, verse 1. The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their uh, camp in the wilderness of Paran. Number one in your outline, on the back of the bulletin, there are five things I want to just kind of put in your brain and talk about them a little bit, about making decisions. If you're going to decide, number one, making good decisions means getting the facts. Making good decisions in your life means you better know what you're deciding, and you better know the pros and cons of both sides. Because if you make decisions flippantly and you don't have your facts right, you're going to be disappointed in the decision you make. I see this often with people. Well, did you ask this question? No. But if I would have, I would have known and I wouldn't have decided that. It goes on and on. Well, let me read what happened in Numbers 13 25. After exploring the land, For 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen, and they showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. And then it goes on to say, you know, they're holding up a grape like the size of a melon. They're showing how, how amazing this, this land is, and everybody's all excited, and things are looking good. So here we have 12 spies, one from each tribe, going in to look at the land. Here's the irony, though, and I want you to think about this, that God has already said, I've given you the land. Okay, this gets tricky, because if God has promised the land and is going to give it to them, why do they need to go scout it out? Why did God say to Moses, have, have one from each tribe go out and scout it out? If He's already given it to him, why don't we just bust through, take them over? It's our land. God's given it to us like many other battles in the Old Testament. God just made it happen. And it, it does it does put something out there for us to think about briefly just to dive into this you-decide message because God is very interested in you doing some fact-finding and you making some decisions And him almost stepping back to say, I want to see what you think about it. God was willing to provide. They could have defeated those men and women of Anak. They could have taken them. God was with them had they decided to go in. It ended up they didn't for reasons I'll tell you in a minute. But God is interested in the process of our lives, in the way we are thinking about how we do the will of God. When God gives us a promise and a challenge and he says think about this think about that he expects us to to get the facts right he expects us not just to blindly walk in saying it doesn't really matter cuz god's going before us no it matters it's it's like people who use the trump card sometimes with me or with at church you know well god told me to tell you <laughs> i'm always like whoa what do you say to that no he didn't you're a liar you know, I mean, what do you say to that? It's hard, it's hard as a leader to answer to that because it's the trump card that passes everything. So we bypass logic, we bypass situations because God told me. So I don't like to use that language, though I do believe God does put things in our heart. We have to be careful to get the facts right even when God t- tells us. And God sent them out, and they looked, and He was interested in what their report would say. What are you going to do at the place of faith, at the junction in your life, when you know God's calling you there, but there's reality looking at you back? Number two in your outline, making the right decision does not mean it will be easy. I'm telling you, this story gets complicated right here. And I love this point, and I want this to sink into your heart numbers 1328 but the people living there are powerful this is right after the report where they've said the fruit's great the land is fertile but the people living there are powerful their towns are large and they are fortified we even saw giants there the descendants of enoch these descendants scholars believe were 7 8 even up to 9 feet tall they're huge people and very good warriors and their cities were fortified so they're nervous. They're scared, and rightly so. These people know how to fight. They're in battle. So they, they had a pretty good point here about being you know, cautious about going in there. But I think this proves that, that this point, that sometimes you can know what God's asking you to do, but that doesn't mean it's easy. I'm, I'm amazed at people who say, well, you know what? If you just make the right decision, it'll all work out. <laughs> no, it won't. That's not a guarantee. You can make right decisions all day long. And you still have to fight to get to the other side of that decision. Right? It's like people saying, well, you know, if you just marry the right person, it's all going to work out. That is a lie. <laughs> you both make decisions every day of your life that will determine the fate of your marriage. It's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing Process. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doing the will of God is not easy. And you can be smack dab in the will of God and be suffering. If you're going to write a book about how to raise kids, do it before you have them. It's true. I'm just amazed at the people who, you know, they have their little formula. I just get tickled at these young couples with these young kids, and they just have it all worked out. And they just, you know, I just, I just know that day is coming when they're going to realize, they're going to wonder, whose kid is this? <laughs> We've all been there. Little jobs are not always easy, even just in, in real life it's not like people say you ever just go to buy a little cabinet or something at the store and it's just a simple and the salesman says oh it's just a few screws bolts in the back it's simple to put together how many of you know what i'm talking about you go you lay it all out you know two hours later it's in wrong and the shelves are like this and it's just a challenge there's just there's nothing easy about doing things even if it's the right thing you guys last weekend we announced that we are going to be planting churches over the next decade. We're very excited about it. Um, we're, we're going to be launching next Easter is our goal target to go down to the event center at the ranch and have Easter services there and launch church or maybe churches in Windsor and Loveland. Uh, Windsor and Loveland are two main targets because that's where all of, many of you already are. And, and I can just, I want to just say this. It's a great vision. It's, I believe God is calling us to it. I believe it's something our leadership team, we're rallying around it. We know it's what we're supposed to be doing. But it won't be easy. Even with God's mantle on it, anointing, it won't be easy. It's going to take hours. And it's going to take dollars. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take commitment. That's what the work of God is. So if we keep that in our mind, we won't be disillusioned because I see people who say, I believe I'm in the will of God and it's just so hard. It's hard. Sometimes being in the will of God is hard. Some of you need to hear that today. Number three is the power of your words. Your words have power in them. What you say matters. It matters to God. It matters to others. We're about to see a huge junction in this story where the words shaped Israel's future. And we're talking about it thousands of years later. Okay? Let me read it. Numbers 13.30. But Caleb, this is after the bad report that their cities are fortified and they're great warriors. Caleb, I love this guy, tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. Their report changed the course of Israel's history. Because the people of that nation decided right then and there To believe the voices of ten over the voices of two. Can I tell you that the majority is not always right? The plan and will of God sometimes is a small road. And we better pay attention what our words say, and we better pay attention what words we listen to and we allow to come into our spirit and heart. Because not everyone gives good counsel. (laughs) Do you overrate your opinion? I think, I think all of us do. Why do we have opinions? It, I don't know. I think about weird things sometimes, but where do opinions come from? Typically, they come from experience. I have an opinion about something because I experienced it. If my filter is a bad experience, then my opinion is going to shape that into that bad thing. I, Bonnie and I. Great example. Of this was after we were married. I was going to buy a little motorcycle trailer and. And Bonnie said, Terry, we don't want to have a trailer because trailers are really dangerous. I said, no, they're not. I've pulled a trailer most all of our life. We, our, my family had a little boat, a little ski boat, and I just grew up hooking on a trailer all the time. I mean, sometimes I would even forget to lock it down. You know what I mean? I just didn't. It just wasn't a big deal. And for her, because of her experience, they almost died one day on a snowy night pulling a trailer. And it came around and caused a wreck, and you know, so, so the filters. So, so if, if you set us in a room and said, talk about trailer, her story and opinion would be very different than mine. We worked through it and bought a trailer, and we have never had a wreck or anything. <laughs> But, but the point is, is, is still there. I see this in church life all the time. People just, they have a skewed perspective of something that happened in some other church or some moment. And they say, oh, you can't, do, you can't do that ministry because this will happen. And you can't, oh, if you do small groups, someone will take over. Oh, if you have this. And they just, all these filters. And we better be careful. You guys, if God's putting something in your heart, this is, I'm saying all that to say this. When God puts a vision in you, when God grows something right in you, pay attention to the voices you listen to. Because it took these Israelites out. None of them got to see the promised land. Except for guess who? Joshua and Caleb. They were the only two out of this whole group, including Moses, that got to go into the promised land. No one else did. Because everyone listened to the wrong voice. I don't want that to happen in your life. I don't want it to happen in Number four. (laughs) This really gets amazing right now. Living with my decisions. Is that, isn't that kind of the bummer part of making decisions? <laughs> I, I have to live with them. I remember when I first became a pastor of this church, and you 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 make decisions the best you can, and you learn. And you know, seven or eight years in, I remember telling someone uh, the church that was here at the time. I said, "Thank you so much because you know now I'm trying to fix the problems I created by the decisions I made." And you learn from that, and I, I appreciate the ability to learn. But look at. Chapter 14, we jump ahead to chapter 14, verse 36. The ten men that Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, you know those guys who spread that around, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. (laughs) That's pretty serious. Of the twelve who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. See, pastors love verses like this. So you you don't like our vision here at Timberline? (laughs) Saying some bad things about where we're headed? One word for you. Plague. Plague. (laughs) I'm kidding. I would never say that to anybody. (laughs) Okay, I've thought it a few times, but I've never said it. See, disobedience to God, be it a big vision like we have corporately to, to reach northern Colorado, or be it a vision He's putting in you individually with your family, with your life, your business, whatever it is. Disobedience ruins the vision. And, and I don't want to disobey God. I'm more scared about that than I am trying and failing. I'd rather obey God and fail. And, it, and it's hard, and it might not work out the way we think or hope, but I'd rather just be about that. Listen to what happens. Let me just finish this, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. In verse 39, when Moses reported the Lord's words to all the Israelites, because the Lord said, okay, if that's what you're going to do, then uh, you're going back to the wilderness. You're not going to see the land. The people were filled with grief. Then they got up early the next morning, and they went to the top of the range of the hills. Let's go, they said. We realize that we have sinned. But now we are ready to enter the land that the Lord has promised us. But Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. See, reality hit them. They realized they made a mistake. They they realized that their opportunity was going to be over, and so the Lord, He was disgusted. You read this whole chapter, and the Lord says, I've done everything I know to do. Then back to the wilderness you go. And they go, Oh, no, no, no. We're ready now. We're ready now. Moses says, It's too late. <laughs> Yesterday was the day of decision, you didn't make it. It's too late. Back to the wilderness. Does that does that kind of haunt you? I mean, it kind of haunts me a little bit because. I, and I don't, I don't. with, with Jesus, His Son coming, dying, I, we're in such a period of grace right now. We, we sort of can't relate to this kind of a God at times. But it is this God we serve who expects us to follow. And there are timing issues in our lives when we need to pay attention to what God's saying and doing. I want that. I want you to have that in your life. Don't ever wimp out the stuff God's asking, even if it's tough stuff. You can do it. Live with no regrets. Live with no regrets. I, I remember seeing a sign as a teenager driving up the canyons around uh, Grand Mesa and places over on the west slope. There was a little sign that had one word on it. And I don't see it very often. I don't even know if they still make them, but it said, think. And it always invoked a lot of thoughts for, for me to think what, what do they want me to be thinking about? The road, the driving, am I tired, or whatever it is? Think. As you meet those junction moments in your life, think. Think about the consequences of not doing it, and think about the consequences of going ahead and doing it, because both matter to God, and both, or either, can be equally damaging depending on what obedience does. Let's be obedient. Last thing I want to say is, it's never make good decisions. (laughs) Never. It is never too late to make good decisions in your life. I, I, I just, I'm amazed at how many people I hear say, oh, you don't understand, I I blew it and it cost me mostly my life. It cost me my job. It cost me my finances. It cost me... And it's almost as though that was my life and now I'm just waiting to die. I didn't do well, so now I will suffer for my decision. Look, we all suffer for some decisions we've made. All of us. You live two or three years, you're going to make decisions you wish you hadn't made. And and I guarantee you, we all could say that's us, but Right now, we live in a culture and a generation where God's hand is upon His church. And He wants you to be inspired to do the vision He puts in your heart. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter what your physical disability is or your mental challenges. It doesn't matter. You've been through it. Well, I just can't do that anymore. Well, you can't do that anymore. But you can do this. You can do what God's asking you to do. Because He doesn't ask us to do stuff we can't do. He knows your limitations. He knows mine. Do you know that among us today in these auditoriums here on this campus, we have people who are living the dream and doing the will of God who have spent a pretty good chunk of time in jail? Do you know that this is a church that's reached out to people who have landed here, who have stories where they could have quit, they could have gone back to jail, they could have said it's not worth it, but they are not there today. They are free today to do what God has put in their heart. Do you know that there are people among us who right now are going through incredible drug rehab? because of addictions in their life and alcoholism that has taken them out. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. (laughs) There are people in this room, people in this room who financially have collapsed. Could have just died right there, just given up, but no. You've bounced back. You've found a new way. Your credit's ruined. It'll probably be ruined for a long time. But you know what? God has a plan for your life. You can say, well, what could God use me to do? He can use Him to do whatever He wants. Because He's God. (laughs) You're not God. The best thing you can do is to say, God, I bring you, me, I bring you my baggage, my stuff, my history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I just say, here I am. Just, I want to make decisions that honor you with my future. And yeah, I still have to pay for this. And yeah, I still have to go through that. And yeah, it's not a perfect world. But guess what? It's not a perfect world. But God is a perfect God. And He has a plan for your life that you need to do. There are people in this room whose marriage collapsed. Maybe it was their fault. Maybe it was their spouse's fault. Maybe it was both. But they're moving on. God's restoring their life. You Guys, that's the kind of God we serve. Let's pray. Lord, thank You. Thank You that today we serve You, a God that can do stuff we can never do without You. Lord, thank You so much for the reality of a Caleb who just steps up and says, let's do it. Let's get this done. Help us to guard our words. Just with heads bowed in here today, I I really am thankful for stories like this in the Bible where we just get a big picture of what obedience and disobedience there are costs. But I want to inspire and encourage. I really want you to be encouraged today to know that you can do some stuff that God's putting in your heart not to shrink back from it. Some of you have, have shrunk back because you're maybe it's a stage of life you're in. maybe you say, well I'm just maybe you're just playing it safe because it's safer. But today God's stirring something in you and, and it, it could be a big change for you and I'm not saying you run out today and make the decision. I'm just saying let it let it get inside your brain. Think. What is the vision God's putting in you? What are you saying to it? How are you responding to it? You're at a junction moment, many of you. Make the right decision. How many of you know you're at that place right now in your life? It's a junction moment in in some decisions you're making right now. Would you hold up your hand? I just want to pray over you. It's wonderful. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that I have as a brother in the Lord. And as we have as a church to wrap our arms around these who are at this junction moment. And they have to decide. And it's not a decision someone else can make for them. Lord, give them courage and strength. The, the voice of a Caleb, the heart of a Joshua, to trust you. For some to say no, because that's your will. For others to say yes, because that's your will. That's your plan. Help them to seek you first. And your will will follow. I trust you today. For some of you in this room who you are not yet a follower of Christ. Maybe you're a guest today. Maybe it's the first time you've been here. Um, We love you already. Say, well, you don't even know me. No, we don't. But as the body of Christ, we extend the love of Christ to you. And you have to make a decision of who you will follow. What will you believe? I'm sad at how tiny thinking creates tiny vision in people. And people sometimes who don't have faith have a hard time believing there's a God. And it takes faith to follow God. Listen, God is bigger than your lack of faith. He can, he can put something in you today that will help you believe by the Spirit. Open your heart. If you're here, you want to you follow Christ right now, right where you are. Just say to Him, Lord, by faith I come to You just as I am. And I offer my life. Forgive me of my sin. I know I've sinned. I know I'm separated from You. And You love me. And I believe that today. And I ask for forgiveness. I want a clean heart and a clean mind. I accept forgiveness by faith that you died on that cross and rose from the dead. Lastly, I just want to pray that you'll have a dream from God. Let's be a church that dreams. Together, as we go, do the stuff we're talking about, but also individually. Have a dream that comes from God. And you can live it out fully. Lord, I pray for the dreams that you're giving. The vision that people need to have and do have to do the will of God, to do the stuff you're putting in their hearts. We trust you today. We believe you today. We offer our lives in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Love you guys. It's so fun to journey with you and learn together. And Let's keep learning. Let's keep growing. And let's be faithful to his mantle on our lives. Ushers come. You guys, this is our opportunity to worship God through giving. Be a faithful steward of the, the funds God's put in your life. If you're a guest today, we do not expect you to give in this offering. Some of you might think all they want is your money. That's just not true. What we want is for you to reach your fullness in God and reach your potential and recognize He created you for great purpose. So thank you. But those of you who believe in this vision and you're with us, um, don't let the plague come to your house. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. You are a great God. We love you. We bless your name, Lord. Thank you. I want our prayer teams to come from both auditoriums And they're just going to be up here to connect with you If you want prayer over anything in your life Before we walk out of here Come on up and let us do that Otherwise, I just commission you to go I want to send you I want to pray over us That we will hear God We will do what He says And we will be a light in darkness Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters This family You've assembled us for a reason You've put vision in us for a reason We walk out of here today knowing we are not alone. And we can't do it alone. But show us what a force we are called your church, your bride. You love us as a bride, Jesus. Thank you. So send us forth to go into all the world to make a difference as we let love live. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Lots of great tables in the mall. Go check it out and we'll see you. Have a great day. Enjoy this day.